Welcome to Hand to Hand, Heart to Heart, a podcast where we look beyond the competition and try to appreciate fighting as communication. Our aim is to appreciate fighters not just as sports, but as complete works of art. Fighting games are games. You don't need to live the fighting game life to enjoy them. Nobody picks up a basketball and says, my height is too low tier, or gives up on baseball because they can't hit home runs. Fighting games can and should be enjoyed for all kinds of reasons. I'm your host, Amr, and with me is my co-host, Curly. Hi, I'm Curly. Hey Curly, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah, I've been, I haven't actually, it's been a couple of days since I, I played some fighting games and I, I can't wait to play them again. How about you? How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I've been trying to keep up with some fighting games recently. Wow, what uh, a mood. What a mood. Yeah. You know, trying, trying. Yeah, yeah. So uh, over, I guess over the ca- last couple of years, I've, you know, made an, a re- an actual effort to learn them. <laughs> so Yeah, so tell me, what is your history with fighting games? Because uh, I think we have similar histories with fighting games, but we've gone in slightly different directions with them. So please, tell the people. Yeah, so I guess a lot of my history with video games in general is mostly emulators. Okay, yeah, yeah. So around the, I don't know, early 2000s, something like that, started getting really big into emulators and then mm. arcade emulators were like the biggest things you know for the same reasons people got really impressed by them back when you used to see them in as arcade you're like right oh right. wow these huge are sprite these huge sprites and all these special effects and they were kind of you know i have um a lot of younger brothers so right, right, playing okay. a fighting game pretty easy to find an opponent when you live with a whole bunch of yeah right, ones, right. That, uh, that very much lives within uh that, like you know fighting games very much live within the sort of the sibling rivalry right yeah <laughs> so you know um we played a lot of marvel versus games on emulators oh, and you yeah, know i did uh i did a lot of stuff like that played a lot of random fighting games mm-hmm. uh over the years mostly you know you you just press the buttons and you look up just enough information to <laughs> defeat your friends, right? Right, exactly, yeah. And I didn't um really get into fighting games as like a thing you could learn and get better at. As like a, as like a I, hobby, right? As like, a hobby, yeah. The transition from I play fighting games to I play fighting games. <laughs> oh, buddy, I play fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> not not well, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that wasn't until like Street Fighter V, which I decided to pick up on a whim. It was just like, mm-hmm. ah, I need, I need something to do. This game's cheap. It's coming into its like second season or whatever, so it's kind of solidified. And uh, you know, I always liked Street Fighter and the characters, so that was my jumping in point. And yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah, cool. Uh, what was your introduction? So. I have a sort of similar story to you in that I, I spent a long time surrounded by the aesthetic and idea of fighting games. I played a bit of them here and there with friends, indeed with my younger brother and that kind of thing. I would, you know, just throw something on and have have a fight and sort of not really understand what was going on. But like, like you say, you've got these big sprites, you've got this big uh, this big world, even though it's painted with such small stages, it, it feels like uh, textured and developed, you know, it's good to be in that space for a while. Uh, yeah. And I did this for a long time, and like like you as well, like uh, I think it was probably, I want to say like late, uh, probably the late 2000s actually, I got like really into emulating SNES games for whatever reason. And uh, uh, yeah, Street Fighter 2 on there, I was like, wow, I remember playing this in, you know, the indiscriminate mist of time. And it sort of <laughs> re-solidified that as a, a classic old game that I liked, but didn't really understand. 
Uh, and then I was um, I was super into uh, for a long time. I've been super into competitive games, like uh, ta- like tabletop games, video games. I just really liked competing when I was in sort of uh, I guess high school. And yeah. uh, so I went from StarCraft Two, which burned me all the way out. Uh, I, I enjoyed <laughs> that. Yeah, right. I know. I I played that game. I enjoyed it, but it it, it fried my brain. Uh, I had to stop. And then some friends of mine said, "Oh, we're just getting into League of Legends." When League of Legends was at the beginning of its huge upswing, and I enjoyed that too. But uh, after a, a a number of games of League of Legends that I refused to recount because I just can't think about it, uh, I got bored of playing like games that required you to have a big team to play yeah. them because like you could play solo but it was like everyone who plays agrees that it's a worse experience and trying to get together five people to play every time not only was it a hassle but it was like um it it would it would create situations where people who like each other and you know are, are really good friends get like mad at each other because of the way that the systems of the game encourage them to play together you know they're like they're conflicting yep. ideas of what they should be doing and i really didn't enjoy that so on the way out of League of Legends, uh, I was watching, I was watching Evo because my Twitter timeline is like, it was all like you know sort of game dev types, and they are like as a rule pretty high on watching Evo, but not really being into fighting games. Like yeah, a few, a think, few of them play. Uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I think Evo is like the one time you see like every single person on games Twitter suddenly give a crap right, about fighting exactly, games. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Games Twitter sort of lights up with uh, fighting games. And it was like, uh, what are fighting games? And everybody yeah. finds out at the same time. Right, exactly. And it was either, I want to say 15, but it could easily be 14. Uh, there was this like just absurd run. Uh, I think it was Gamerbee. Like, did, 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 like, it was it was this incredible narrative that you could follow even with no understanding of Street Fighter. And the Street yeah. Fighter 4 tournament was just like, it was so wild to me. Like, uh, like I, I knew this scene existed, but I didn't really, I hadn't really thought about it ever. And I watched that and I was like, oh, maybe I should play Street Fighter. And then in 2016, Capcom came out with Street Fighter 5 and I was like, this is going to be the time that I really get into fighting games and well now here i am sort of medium to okay at <laughs> like four <laughs> different fighting games so right yeah so i played a, i played a lot of a lot of fighting games since uh since i started playing street fighter 5 i think uh sony did a thing a while back where it turns out that your ps4 has secretly been counting how many hours you've spent playing any given ps4 game you can't access this information anywhere oh yeah they just sound where... like an email <laughs> yeah email, right, like last exactly. year like this is how many hours you played of this thing I'm like, they were like oh, by God. the way we made one of those funny like facebook memory video things for you using <laughs> your ps4 and i was like huh okay but uh my number one game was i think street fighter 5 yeah street fighter 5 then uh then bloodborne then titanfall 2 so street fighter 5 was a pretty big part of the the years that followed its release for me yeah I played considering how much you like titanfall and bloodborne right exactly yeah <laughs> but then i guess at the time street fighter 5 it was a it was an interesting thing for me and and just it, it like it could have been anything it just happened to be street fighter 5 that let me do basically the same thing for, for dozens of hours you know yeah. just sort of sit in a room practicing basic 
combos and things like that just whenever i like whenever i was like uh my, my my head was weird i was just like that's fine i'll just sit down and try and get this combo and some of them i even did so <laughs> yeah you know you make it up to like trial five and then they ask you to do something really weird and you're like ah, forget it this isn't, <laughs> this isn't even practical i'll yeah. never use this yeah exactly exactly but uh yeah so i guess the the so i talked a lot about like you know uh, competition and you know esports bringing me towards fighting games, but I guess it's worth emphasizing that that's not that's not the focus of this this discussion. You know, it's my it's my pathway into fighting games, but it's definitely not the baseline for this podcast. I guess. Yeah. So while we're gonna both continue to talk about our experience trying to improve our fighting games and kind of get deeper and appreciate more of the technical details and stuff like that. We also, you know, there's a million different podcasts for that if you want. Right, exactly. Um, but we more, like, what keeps us around is the aesthetic and, like, the energy of them. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people used to play fighting games really um, casually and with friends and stuff and had that kind of spirit of local competition. Mm. You know, uh, people used to really enjoy fighting games, and I think a lot of what keeps us around for them is kind of their, like, aesthetics and their worlds and um, absolutely absolutely you know the spirit behind them rather than like oh you know check out this cool infinite that i figured out or whatever after i right yeah 20 hours right yeah like i practiced for i practiced for 20 hours and then i made a, a an 18 second twitter video that got you know 126 likes that and then that's you know that's all that that is like you're right that people used to play fighting games just as a as people just dip in and let's play some Street Fighter right. way more than they do now. And it's to do with it's like there's a lot of factors. This is probably worth its uh, its own whole episode of a podcast, which we're not going to go into now. But like, you know, the uh, the default mode of uh, multiplayer video game play right now is definitely not to just sit at a couch with a friend. There are you have, you know, your online service subscriptions that you've paid for. There are so many people with friends in different continents now in a way that there just weren't when the SNES was the, the main console in people's front rooms, right? right? Like, even just like PlayStation, Saturn, PS2 even, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Really online changed a lot and it kind of like revealed how much people like didn't know about fighting games. Yeah, totally. And totally. then it made and them like, yeah, yeah. you know, the only way to get a match is to play online and then... Mm. you go online and get destroyed immediately and like volumes have been written about how uh queuing for games with people online is like a terrible way to play fighting games like you don't have the uh you don't have the instant feedback of learning like even if you're playing with someone who's not that talkative like just playing fighting games face to face with another person is way better just you just because you get the feedback of like feeling like you're learning how they play whereas if you know you power on street fighter and you uh you get matched with another random ken it's just like uh you have to you have to relearn how that ken plays every single time you fight them even if their styles are nominally quite similar you can't really uh you can't really establish those um that that communication with them that you can with a person in real life yeah so like like if fighting is communication, then um, playing online is like speed dating or something. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it's like speed dating. Totally, totally. It's like if I, if anything, it's like Tinder, right? It's right. Just like... Like, you look at you look at somebody. <laughs> you you maybe give them thirty seconds, and you're like, okay, fuck off. I'll never see you again. <laughs> wow, thinking about Ken as like some fuckboy on Tinder is it's doing a lot for me right now. It's doing a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Eliza's found his account, and she's like, Ken, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And he's like, I'm not going to see any of these women. I just want to see how many of them swipe right on me. I sent you a picture of my Shoryuken. Please respond. (laughs) Please respond. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so um, another thing that's worth mentioning is the idea that, you know, because uh, default modes of play have gravitated away from uh have gravitated away from you know sitting in some your friend's front room with their snes and playing super turbo it's like because that default mode of play has changed the way that businesses treat these games and try to market these games have changed because which is something we're going to run into a bunch is that fighting games are super niche and unless you are literally ed boon millions (laughs) of people do not buy your fighting game so, right. you know, uh, even Capcom, the people who make Street Fighter, they have to think of an angle to sell their game. And currently that angle is esports because it's this aspirational dream that you could become, you know, super wealthy or famous just by grinding online in Street Fighter Five. Right? Right. Yeah. I think that from there, I think it's worth getting into our next segment where we're, you know, we're going right, to talk about yeah. our game of the episode, which is Street Fighter Five. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Street Fighter Five. Let's talk about Street Fighter Five. So we we said earlier that um, Street Fighter V was kind of an easier entry point for us specifically, but also I think it did bring in a bigger community in general, especially into yeah, it has the a, esports. It has a broad appeal, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Street Fighter Four did a lot of work to like rebuilding fighting games as a place and a community. Um, well, I guess less as a community because that kind of like always existed, but kind of like bringing yeah. in fresh blood. The the jury is definitely out. That's a funny joke. The jury is definitely out as to like as to how much uh, Street Fighter Four like rejuvenated a dead fighting game scene. But the reality definitely is that it brought fighting games to a new audience. Whether that audience is people who had left because of Street Fighter Three or people who had never heard of uh, fighting games, and you know the prominence of the Capcom Pro Tour or Evo brought it to people's attention or just people talking about it brought it to people's attention because it was a huge deal you definitely see a lot of the younger like big names that are in Street Fighter now um had their start in Street Fighter 4 yeah absolutely absolutely um and just in general it kind of like gave people an appealing point to like oh you know it's Street Fighter it's the one we all played and it's back and your characters are in it Mm. and there's new stuff and it looks really good. Yeah. yeah, it looks it looks great. I think this game looks fantastic. Like uh Street Fighter 4 is by no means a bad looking game. It's very like it's very stylized. It's very uh it it like it brings Street Fighter it brings Street Fighter into 3D in a way that is good. But uh I feel like Street Fighter 5 like sort of 
I guess it polishes up that aesthetic and it, it like it looks it just looks smooth and cool. I, I don't know, like it, it accentuates the things about Street Fighter character designs that I like. You know? Yeah. So you know, it it did a lot of work in basically. <clears throat> sorry, it did a lot of work in basically moving forward the things Street Fighter Four did, and then it leaned into mm. you know, um, the service based stuff and uh, community stuff and uh, more competitive focused stuff and made it like yeah a core part of that game yeah it's definitely it's a game pulled in a lot of different directions right because so it's the it's the first street fighter game released for the like it was a launch title for the ps4 well you know it was it was marketed heavily as this game's only going to be on the ps4 and you know it's not going to be on the xbox one so you need to get a ps4 yeah. if you want to get it on the ground floor of the next generation of fighting games and all of that yeah stuff. sony paid so, for it Oh yeah, but boy, did they! <laughs> it, uh, it's like the the main way in which that uh, like is obvious is that Street Fighter Five remains one of the maybe the only big name fighting game where if you have it on the PS4 and your friend has it on the personal computer, you can just play with each other. Yep, at almost no hassle. Like we were doing that just the other day. Mm-hmm. And it basically and... just <laughs> um, last generation the xbox 360 kind of became the de facto place for people to play stuff right but it kind right. of really like, didn't everyone matter played it. where you were playing. yeah yeah but when but this generation like i've never seen an xbox <laughs> at a like at locals yeah no never never nobody uh, has ever played like... a fighting game <laughs> on an xbox <laughs> <laughs> all the all the like all the killer instinct players listening to this podcast just turned it off i mean like, they're gonna get luck. even more mad in a minute <laughs> when we talk about like <laughs> the more meta stuff about this game all all 10 of the killer in, like regular killer instinct players are never gonna listen to this podcast again um but honestly like basically yeah. even when games come out on the xbox you when if you see them at a tournament it's gonna be on playstation 4 because you know capcom and sony made it so this is, you know, it's Street Fighter V. It's still probably the biggest fighting game right now in terms of tournament play. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting one that I guess we'll probably talk about in a bit. But, like, it's it's in a very interesting place. It was, uh, it's, I think it still has the record for, yeah, it definitely still has the record for most EVO sign-ups. Something like 5,000 people signed up to play this game yeah. in EVO 2016. I think like, just that's, that's this year, Smash Brothers beat it out. Number. Uh, it didn't actually. Smash this year uh, is at three point five k, so that's oh, okay. huge, but thought, not not bigger. I thought something beat it out by one place. It's uh, what's it? Um, I think Tekken. I can't remember if Tekken is more or less right now. But it, it, the point is that Street Fighter is in it. It's in an interesting place. It's no longer like unquestionably the dominant uh, Western-made fighting game, I guess. But that's that's an interesting thing that we can talk about in a bit i guess because uh one thing i wanted to ask is that like apart from the things that we were talking about before where like it develops the uh the aesthetic ideas of street fighter 4 and makes them higher fidelity and stuff what is it that appeals about the aesthetic of street fighter if people don't like if if by some miracle you play video games and have not been exposed to street fighter's idea what is it about the idea of street fighter and street fighter 5 that appeals to you yeah so i guess like street fighter has always been um starting with like the original games the world warrior series mm. so it's been like various levels of caricature of fighting styles yeah, from yeah. everywhere around the world 
Right. On the plus side, it's international, and on the on the bad side, sometimes it's quite racist. Yeah, you know, uh, Dalsim, he's <laughs> a yogi with skulls around his necks, and he, yeah, uh, he's got baby skulls around his neck. Don't, he does, don't worry he does about yoga it. that lets him stretch his body and shoot fire. Yeah, yeah. it's not weird at all. Um, yeah, no, it, it is definitely. Uh, goes into straight up racial caricature at times but yep. it's also because it's one of the it's such a worldwide cast yeah, uh, yeah. it ends up kind of representing lots of different countries and cultures yeah, sure, like you sure. know to various levels of success but you get like a really wide range of fighting styles and stuff um very mm. and very stylized like shown in anime um I guess like silhouettes and yeah, you know, yeah. Art the, the shonen anime influence is definitely a big deal. Like you know, the the I mean, the 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 central conceit is that the martial artists are so good at martial arts that they can shoot lasers from their hands. Yeah, like, basically, that's very shonen. <laughs> you know, we focus our key and then we can shoot <laughs> materialized key across the room and destroy yep. tanks or whatever. Exactly, it's very much that style of martial arts um anime and yeah, the main characters are, in the series are very much your stock shonen protagonists who want to get yep. stronger because they want to get stronger <laughs> yep i mean ryu even like eats a lot like he's just he's goku yeah he eats but, a lot know, and he goku. loves rice and natto <laughs> yep and that's uh and he, he that's one of the fun things about, things fighting about all the time. um street fighter is even as like broad as their characters and stuff are they all have really detailed backstories and likes and yeah dislikes. totally yeah that, that, that's a that's a huge part of it for me is the the likes and dislikes on each character like you uh you start up street fighter 5 you, you you know you go to your favorite character and it has the you know it has a big picture of them and then it has the this weird like stat wheel that doesn't really mean anything <laughs> yeah. and then it has it has I, I think like their height their weight and where they come from and then their likes and dislikes and it's from as varied as like ryu likes like what are ryu's likes it's like was it rice and what natto like uh yeah. fermented soybeans yeah, and then you have, and this is probably like one of the things that endeared me to Street Fighter Five the most when I first got it was that it also has it has like you know these martial artists who come to the tournaments and they they punch each other and they have a good time, and then it has Nikali who is like a sort of a, well he's a totem man from uh, <laughs> Joey Jojo's, yeah, and oh his God, his is. like. Yeah, he is right, yeah. and his 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 you know his uh, his uh, V trigger like special uh, state is that he his his hair goes all Super Saiyan big, and he just screams a lot. And his like is powerful souls. Yeah, he just <laughs> likes powerful souls. And like you know who doesn't who who doesn't like powerful souls? Who can't identify with that motivation? Yeah, Rashid, the character that I play in Street Fighter Five, he's just like <laughs> basically a Saudi prince. Yeah, and yeah. The things that he likes are like friends and technology. He just like yeah, likes to right. talk he's to introduced his friends like, on Twitter, basically. Yeah, he's like DMing his friends in the story. It's great. Yeah, and he's like telling you, he's like talking to Ryu and be like, what? No, I think he's there's a one where if you beat Alex, he's like, You don't have a cell phone, even though you yeah, live in a big yeah. city? <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's double good, right? Because Alex is like a you know, he's a New Yorker. But he doesn't have a phone. <laughs> He's so New Yorker that he doesn't have a phone. I think that's really funny. Yeah, and so there's like lots of really small character things like that, and ways they like yeah, flesh out yeah. the world. 
um, even before like this game added like an actual story mode. Mm. That's like really endearing to like, you know, in like a really broad way, but in a way that you can also like kind of relate and um, project upon. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that fighting games do. I think almost maybe uniquely well. I think they maybe share it with like I don't know collectible card games or something with uh, telling big and like uh, complex stories with very very tiny spaces to do that. I guess the famous example these days is Dark Souls, right? Like item flavor texts tell so much. Right. But this game, before it had like you say a real story, you have these characters telling you everything about each other by how they like the the one line they say to each other before and after each fight like that stuff's really good yeah in this game and the, the, the fighting games have been doing it for a super long time and it shows how good they are in this game i think yeah and i think it's kind of worth talking about uh the specific characters of this one and like kind of the stuff that we like i guess like what are who are the specific characters that you play and like in this game is a good place to start so and like why? I said, I was initially I was initially drawn to Nikali because uh, I guess he seems so different to all of the Street Fighter characters I was used to. Because I suppose another part of my experience with fighting games that I should maybe have mentioned is that after Evo, I bought Street Fighter Four, and it was totally inscrutable to me. Like I tried to figure out how to play it, but like some of the basic techniques you learn because I tried to learn, you know pretty much by myself i didn't have a group of people who were already quite good at it to teach me how the mechanics work right but so you were also I was trying probably to self playing like the last version of it where they added like a trillion more mechanics right on top. exactly so, yeah so i was playing ultra street fighter 4 i was trying to figure out how to play akuma who has mm. a bunch of you know mm. very high co- complexity techniques and uh, and i was also i was watching like smaller tournaments for it and it was just stacked to the gills with akuma mirrors evil ryu mirrors <laughs> and akuma versus evil ryu and Nikali seemed like a big change from those kinds of characters, so I was drawn to Nikali. And Nikali is really cool. He's like this, you know, he's this angry guy. He's got this very sort of uh, primal, aggressive fighting style. He's lots of swipes, lots of sort of claw-like motions. Right. And uh, an interesting detail about Nikali, which I, I sort of uh, noticed, is some of the characters have, like, electric attacks, like uh, Laura in the base game has them, and also mm-hmm. uh, Blanca, who was added more recently, has them. And because it's a sort of cartoony-style game, when you get electrocuted, you know, you sort of... Uh, your, uh, your your model goes black, and you can see your skeleton, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, because it's, it's a cartoon. Nikali doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> He's just no bones. Fully no oh, bones. Man. Which is again, I think a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thing, but uh, oh really? And there's a, like, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch Do of. Do the totem uh, men have no bones? There's a there's definitely a thing where like I I remember it from the small part of the show I did watch where one of the one of the pillar men like uh, he fits through like like a, a very like the keyhole in a door or oh, something God, I think you're because right, yeah. yeah, but um and that's uh, again uh, to go off on a tangent from my tangent. Uh, <laughs> Street Fighter is um. Uh, I can't remember actually which way does it go around I guess it must be that yeah it must be that the Guile's design from Street Fighter 2 is based on the uh, robo-nazi from part 2 of Joey Jojo's <laughs> of course I think that's it it must be that way around yeah right? that's, that, that must be how right. that time I mean Jojo's I mean, yeah, pretty yeah. old yeah right for sure um, yeah so Nikali 
And then they announced for the first season of DLC Fighters, they announced Gurion. Oh, yeah. Who is this hilarious character who is... So he's um, he's the younger brother of the new messiah <laughs> for the world, which hasn't happened yet. This is all, all is meant to happen in Street Fighter 3, which is set long after the events of Street Fighter 5, right. after some kind of weird apocalypse. Is but, it an apocalypse, Sam? I th- I think so. I think that's what the second impact in Street Fighter Three Second Impact refers oh, no. to. There are like <laughs> huge. Like, there are like impact happened. I think it might be. I think it literally might the be. The second impact happened. There's only summer on Street Fighter World now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. But yeah, Urian has like a chip on his shoulder because he's sort of, you know, he's this he's like, <laughs> he has the power to turn his skin into metal. <laughs> And that wasn't that wasn't good enough because his brother can control fire and ice, I guess. Right. So he's he's the like he's he's only the president of the Illuminati. That was it. <laughs> he's the president of the Illuminati. But so and he was he was like the thing is that he and his brother were trained to become, you know, the the like the god of the new world. Right. So they're like he's got all this like huge theatrical training and stuff he like you know has this powerful booming laugh is calling everyone pathetic insects and terrible but he's not that good at it so like <laughs> he has all of this training for a role that he'll never get so he just uses it to be really rude while fighting people it's really and yeah, like, it's really good <laughs> it goes around in this like really like heavily tailored suit and then if you hold a specific set of buttons before the game starts, all of his clothes just burn off and he fights in a loincloth because he's a Greek wrestler. He was trained as, like, a Greek wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. And this game is full of characters with that, like, that. all that I just said. You could be say that about most of the characters in Street Fighter Five. Yeah, if you it's really get into ridiculous. the backstories, they have, like, all histories yeah, with yeah. each other. And, like... Because everybody has, like, an ending where they beat the big bad in every single game, like, mm. there's barely any, like, there's no real canonical explanations for everything. Yeah, so, pretty and, much. like, just, they don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, like I said, right, Street Fighter 3 is set after all of the other games, but the way that Street Fighter 5 ends, it is not remotely clear how they get between those two. And that does, just doesn't fucking matter, whatever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they, they, it's more about the small little interactions and like the fun details right, like exactly. that. Um, I already mentioned Rashid, but earlier, but it's worth reiterating how much Rashid kept me in this game. <laughs> Rashid is super cool. If Rashid wasn't in this game, I don't think I would have been stuck around. He's like one of the new characters for Street Fighter Five, and he's just basically, you know, he's like a rich Saudi prince, and he's got like, I think it's implied his backpack lets him do like wind tricks. I guess it's either that or magic. I don't know. Yeah. Probably both. I don't know. I feel like the technology angle on him is just like he's yeah, he's basically yeah, doing like Arabic jinn magic. Yeah, and that's poses. A good point. That's a good point. But it's like, but he's got a technology backpack, and his fighting style makes no sense. Like if you look at the poses he's doing, he's like crouching yeah, down and it. slapping people on the head twice with both yeah. of his arms and like a windmill. And it's like nobody. This is a completely impractical fighting style. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it makes but it... He's like, he's so... It's like a flourish. It, yeah. it works really well. He's yeah. like a... Like, it's like those Turkish dancers or something. Right, I think, that is, I think that is definitely the draw. Yeah, like it's definitely the aesthetic draw that they're working with. Yeah, it's... Rashid is really, really cool. It's, it's really a, funny and expressive. And he just yeah, shoots yeah. tornadoes. That was, that was, by the way, that was Rashid's theme that we played between 
the, the section and the last oh, one. Just and really uh, just... not only is it really good, but I think it is. The, well, it's one of very few themes in the game with like a vocal track. And the vocal track is literally just there to yell Rashid's name when it breaks down into the chorus. It's yeah, great. Um, the YouTube comics on there are one of the first times YouTube comments have been useful. And one of the top comments <laughs> says Dubai step. Like dubstep. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you told me that. Incre- yeah, and really good. Um, I guess after that, I started playing Sakura. Yeah, Sakura's cool. Once they added her in. Um, she's basically just like what a Japanese schoolgirl that somehow has to be in like every single fighting game. I was gonna say they've like you know they've made some concession to the fact that she must have aged at some point, between, you know, over the last. Yeah, I think she's out of high school now. She has a job because she uh, she works at an esports cafe now. That's <laughs> yeah. her that's her current <laughs> she works story. At an esports cafe. Um, she just really likes Ryu. She saw Ryu yeah, one time yeah. and just like she I want to become that cool. man. Yeah, that's why um, she uh, yeah. looks like that. She looks like, you know, she she looks like a Ryu cosplayer on purpose. Yeah, she is a Ryu cosplayer, which is really funny because Ryu has, like, the worst looking gi. It does not wear shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Ryu that looks like he has to be reminded to wash. Yeah, he doesn't bathe. <laughs> He's, like, friends with one of the richest people on the cast, but he just, like, goes from town to town fighting people and it just, yeah. like, living... In poverty because he doesn't care about anything but getting stronger in training. Yeah, exactly. Like Ryu is one of those people who like gets away with a bunch of stuff because he's so good at fighting. Like he's at the you know he'll be at the fucking Kanzuki Estate dinner, and <laughs> all these socialites or business owners will be there. Like, why does that guy fucking stink? And <laughs> Karin will just have to be like, he beat me in a fight. He has to be here. I right. need him here. I need to feed him a lot so I can train with him. You know, and Sakura actually like ends up being friends with like the rich girl and a ninja. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, I think that, that's too. it. Was it because in uh, in Street Fighter Three, I think uh, one of the tiny little character details is that when Sakura and Ibuki uh, start a fight with each other, they have this like clash animation where they both do like this, you know, diving kick, and it it, it goes swing in the middle of the screen but then in street fighter 5 they're like gal pals it's great yeah it's like really it's really funny um i really like her just because you know she has the enthusiastic can't be down school girl yeah, yeah, energy she's great and then she just basically really, uh, does like yeah. rougher versions of ryu's moves mm, mm. which is really fun she's just like a really unrefined version of him yeah but she's sort of increasingly i guess getting her own as they need to develop the character aesthetically for new games and stuff she's getting her own like spin on those uh those moves like it's much more aerial she does a lot more like jumping and bouncing on the opponent at the moment stuff like that yeah it's really it's really fun um yeah i think those are the big characters that i got into yeah yeah i mean those are very cool characters yeah um and i guess uh oh, sorry, you it was i guess i guess it's worth saying that when sakura came out she was not good <laughs> yes yeah that character was that she was like uh, she was announced at I think it was at some big Capcom event. People lost their minds, and then she came out and was playable. And people were like, ah, they're like, there's <laughs> no way to rede- yeah, there's no way to redeem her. She's like unredeemable. Yeah. Some people said, being very melodramatic about it, 
um yeah people are pretty melodramatic about characters in this game like i mean if you're if you're listening to this podcast now and sort of nodding along thinking yeah people are melodramatic about characters i sagat is good okay people say sagat's <laughs> bad they're wrong sagat is good he's fine but yeah. as you're about to go on they did like they did something about sakura because people didn't like that character right? so yeah so a big thing about this game is that they aren't afraid to make like big changes um, mm. There's been a couple of what they call seasons, and those have basically almost been stand-ins for like version revisions. Like before, uh, yeah. you know, within like two years or something, they'd come out with a new version. You know, Super Street Fighter, Ultra Street Fighter, uh, Ultra Street Fighter, whatever, 2014 edition or whatever. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Street Fighter Four. Uh, I think it was street fighter 4 super arcade edition ultra those middle two might be swapped but i think that's the order yeah yeah so yeah and it was a new game it was a new boxed copy of the game every time you had to buy it again you know new disc all of that kind of thing uh but part of the conceit was in 2016 you know the games as a service model is evolving when we release street fighter 5 there will be no ultra there will be no super you just buy the game once and we will patch everything you know the new the new version will just be a patch every year and uh we will fund that with dlc sales yeah and you can win all you can you know get all the meaningful characters and stuff with um currency you earn in game what's that currency called armor fight money my fight money fight money (laughs) Uh. my fight money my fight money <laughs> was that a damn missed line? opportunity sorry was that a damn line that's a, or is that a no that's a, a bo- balrog a boxer <laughs> balrog yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which balrog <laughs> well english balrog yeah there's balrog on my machine friend but um <laughs> the uh what was i gonna say um I remember now. Oh yeah, uh, missed opportunity to call that fucking bison bucks, but <laughs> yeah, we'll no take bison fight money, bucks. I guess. No zenny either. I think they planned something called zenny. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was originally going to be a free currency called uh, fight money and a paid currency called zenny, and then they scrapped the zenny and you could just buy fight money. You could, yeah, you could. It was just like here's money, just buy it with money. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, instead of having the price be in zenny, the price was just in fight uh, in, in like money as well the as bucks. <laughs> Zenny, uh, sorry, fight money and dollars. Dollars. <laughs> or pounds. Falsely suggesting. Oh, yeah, or pounds, or pounds. But yeah, that f- falsely suggests that you can't win dollars in fights. But anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, you know, they were infamous for having a rough launch and whatever. It's not really worth going into that again. But, you know, they eventually kind of got there. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say, I would publicly state that in 2019 street fighter 5 is a good game it's it's good yeah if you like street fighter you'll like this they figure they figured out most of their stuff um yeah yeah it's still like way more work to earn a character with fight money than it yeah. is to buy one like if you put in the amount of like if you think about the amount of labor hours you would have to put into street it's, fighter to earn a character a lot. i'm like it's it's a lot <laughs> i'll just work a job for one hour <laughs> I'm yeah. good. I'm not gonna do that. It's uh, it's one of those things that uh, at the time, like it felt, it felt pretty good because I didn't buy any of the first season of DLC characters with real money. I just 
I earned it from playing the game. And that felt pretty good. But at that time, it gave you a bunch of like one-time rewards for finishing like combo trials and story uh, mode and stuff all like that. that. And they definitely got Whereas, worse in that. Yeah, they they removed a bunch of that actually. Like if you buy a new copy of the game now, even though you can buy it without any of the characters unlocked, that stuff is still gone, which is slightly suspect. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that having to you know when you say oh, I need a hundred thousand flight money to get this character, and you get literally fifty for every fight that you do. It gets a lot worse when you realize that you've bought the base version of the game and there are now, what, 18 or more characters, characters that yeah. are not unlocked? That you, you, like, and there's no way to try them. Wrong. No, that is, that is, uh, that is a, a problem. And it's, it's a, one without an easy solution, I think. Yeah, I mean, there is an easy solution. Uh, <laughs> because, like, with many of the things that Street Fighter V tried, Killer Instinct basically did all of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and did instincts. them better. Um, yeah, and one much. of the notable things that they did is that they had a revolving roster of free characters. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I like when they were talking about Street Fighter V. Like having, like I said, just come off League of Legends. I really assumed that this free to play model is what they would go for. Like, you know, yeah, it seems obvious. Have like Ryu be free all the time, and then rotate every other character that's free, or even you know have a premium version of the game where you just buy, you know. Yeah. You spend a normal amount of money, you get all the characters. Street Fighter Five, like... um, Core Fighters, Core Fighters, <laughs> Core yeah. Fighters, which you know, Street Fighter Five you... Core Values Edition. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. If you don't get that joke, you lead a better life. <laughs> you're than leaving me, my a, you're leading a better life. Don't look it up. You don't, it's not, it's not like egregious, but you don't need to understand things like that. <laughs> sometimes fighting games are, we say fighting games are good, but sometimes fighting games are, they're bad. Oh, oh, they're bad. They're, they're really so bad. bad. <laughs> but yeah, but you yeah, know, so you, you'd think that Killer would be Instinct. the way to do it, right? Hmm. And Killer Instinct basically did, right? Mm-hmm. They'd have that rotating cast and you'd be able to try people. Um, and like the whole game was free, right? The yeah, the, the whole store. whole game was free. Um, yeah. They eventually made more and more of the game free. At the, okay, like once yeah. like season two or something came out, they like made or season two or three. By that point, they made like all the season one characters free oh, and okay. stuff like yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, and then they rotate through the cast of like two. And you know they really did a good job of. Um, uh, making it like pretty much leading the way in being a like games a service thing mm, like a lot yeah. of the stuff they did was ahead of its time but also they were on the fucking xbox and nobody plays fighting and, games on the xbox and excuse me and the windows 10 store <laughs> there and yeah not steam now but yeah come on <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um that and you know it's they're not street fighter they're not Street Fighter. And to be fair to them, like, Killer Instinct is still going. They had, like, what, 400 entrants at Combo Breaker this year? Like, that yeah. game's, you know, if you want to play that game, you sure can. And people like it and enjoy it, and they say it's some of the best fighting games um, they've played in, like, their life. And, you know, I believe them, but I'm never going to play Killer Instinct because I don't that's, like how that's the characters a lie. We're definitely We're definitely going to do an episode on Killer Instinct. <laughs> I'm going to make you try Killer Instinct. <laughs> it's just that... Some, yeah. some months from now. It's not, but yeah, it's Killer Instinct didn't, like, we just want to acknowledge, for the record, Killer Instinct did pretty much everything Street Fighter V did 
and better, but it's Killer Instinct and, you know, just it doesn't have the same appeal of character and world and stuff like yeah, that. And, and that's a like, huge part. A, yeah, yeah. And there's the, also there's that element of, like, you know, you can... With Killer Instinct, uh, an intellectual property that was, to put it bluntly, fucking dead <clears throat> until Killer Instinct 2013 came out. Like, when you bring that back, you can be like, yeah, let's try this brand new zany monetization model with it. Whereas with Street Fighter, if you want to sell another Street Fighter, you probably have to be a bit more conservative. Right. And it, it felt, it felt you know, fairly conservative. It didn't, like, like yeah. shatter any molds, but it, it, it was serviceable. It was good. Yeah. It's been conservative to a fault at points, but... Yeah, yeah, I would say that's true. Like I said, it got there. Yeah, it got there. And like it's like you say, right? They haven't been afraid to make big changes. Like um the uh, the one that people talk, probably talked about the most is that for I think the second season of the game, they uh uh fucking all invincible reversals. So when you're, you know, you're lying on the floor and you uh well not necessarily just when you wake up, but you do this you do this attack that it, it rises, it you you can't be hit out of it, and it's like it's a gamble that your opponent is gonna try and hit you rather than say block right. or you know, do something else. Yeah. Uh, they made those not invincible unless you spend meter on them, and that's like different and weird. Yeah. But so uh, basically if you Basically, you used to just kind of be able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this move because if they try something, then they're going to get hit and I'll probably yeah. be fine. And now you really have to think a little bit more about it. Right, exactly. Like it used to be that against some characters, you would have to, if they were knocked down, you would have to respect the fact that they could invincibly like just jump out. Yeah, you. Ryu could Whereas... always do a jumping uppercut and do yeah. huge damage on you and you would have to just respect that. And now he, right, exactly. he now when he does it, you're just like you just kind of laugh, block, and then you destroy him. Right, exactly. It completely changes the whole. I guess the the word is Yomi around that mechanic. Right? Yeah, the sort it of, changes you know, the mind game. What level are they on? What level am I on? Like, yeah, it changes the mind games because like now for the whole round, uh, I have to think about whether I have enough meter to invincible reversal. Like, do I? not spend meter now so i'll have it for when i get knocked down later like that kind of thing like does my opponent think i'm uh, does my opponent think i'm going to save that meter for later which lets me use this now because they won't expect me to quote unquote waste that resource that kind of thing it changed things a lot and a lot of people were not happy about it but like the game has persisted so yeah and they've straight up added like way more moves yeah yeah so they've added like specific special moves to certain characters like um, Fang, who's this like weird poison guy who they imply is uh pretending to be Chinese. Oh, b b I didn't know that. You, what? Like, um, if you fight Chun Li, she like comments about the character on his shirt, just like being some number or something, and like being wrong. And she's like, "Are you even Chinese?" <laughs> <laughs> That's so maybe hilarious. He's like a Chinese weeb or something. Because <laughs> like, Fang's thing is that he's obsessed with the number two, right? Yeah, All it's of like his the number two heavy normals hit twice. Like misspelled. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, hilarious. They just like added like a weird like he flaps in the air or something to escape. And yeah, they added yeah. He's the got, he gets fortune like teller Minot just got a new move where she like explodes her orbs. Um, but yeah, also everybody got like, like new V triggers. Which yeah, is like, right. So that's this. Uh, that's, it's this, this revenge mechanic, which gives your character access to some unique either state or new move, or it, like it, it. It 
changes the way that you play that character, but usually for a short time. Yeah, I guess it's like sort of like an alt. Is the closest thing I, I can think yeah, of? Yeah, I like, guess it's like uh, not as, like yeah, not well, as dramatic, but it's sort of like the alt for like a if you're thinking about like a uh, team based shooter or MOBA or something. Yeah, like a it's really sort of like an ability. ascended state. Yeah, and if you think about like some some games that have those kinds of moves, like sometimes they use that slot for uh, more variable things, like you know an additional ability that characters can use more often than like a you know a super move that does a bunch of damage or stuff like that. Like it, it gives the uh, character designs texture, I guess. It was where they uh, it was where they hid some of the complexity that those characters had in, for example, Ultra Street Fighter Four, things like that. Yeah, so to so like walk it back a little bit. In Ultras, uh, in Street Fighter 4 in general, they added Ultras, which were basically yeah. like souped up super moves that did like very dramatic. It was their big like uh, showpiece because uh, you would be normally fighting in 2D, but for these moves, they'd like switch to 3D and do like a big cinematic yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and you got those yeah, you get every your cool round. Cut in, it goes, yeah. And those were like on a separate bar. So, mm-hmm. and you basically were guaranteed to get them per round, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the the meter fills when you take something like seventy five percent of your life in damage, mm-hmm. and uh, it resets every round. So there's no reason not to use it. So they get used a lot, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it just basically changed the super meter to be useless, except for like yeah. using you know enhanced. Like you would never use a super because there's way well, a more... lot of characters supering is not not valuable yeah like there are there are like as street fighter 4 went on it introduced more and more things that you would use your meter for that weren't supers and stuff like that that game is very complicated yeah so five they decided uh you know what we want people to change the way they use meter and we want to like make more unique and really like obvious differences between characters right away right exactly and they added the v system so you get the v skill which is just like you press two buttons and then i don't know like if you're Rashid, you'll do like a flip or a roll, depending if you're standing or uh, crouching, uh, standing or crouching. Or yep. if you're Sakura, you can leap onto there, and then it's like between if you're gonna try to do a juggle on them, do a dive kick, do a grab, things like that. Right, and then Nikali like pounds the ground, and then that creates a you know an impact some distance away. That's like a sort of quasi projectile thing. And then Urian's thing turns his skin bronze and gives him <laughs> armor to all of his attacks. Yeah, so he can walk hit the attacks. next attack he does. So right, exactly. It just makes it really obvious like, how do I play this character? And you push the button and like, okay, right. so Rashid moves exactly. around really fast. I probably want to move around really fast. So what that does is it means that because like we said, Street Fighter 4, very complicated game. What it does is it means that when you try out a new character in Street Fighter 5, you instantly know, right, okay, so this character has uh, the six buttons, you know, light, heavy, and medium kick and punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can also, I, I also have a super, I also have a number of special moves. But then, rather than having to sort of like, because in Street Fighter 4, sometimes you would have to like, actively figure out what makes the character tick, what like, weird thing do they have. Whereas mm-hmm. in Street Fighter 5, it's pretty much always... What does their V skill do? It does this. What does their V trigger do? It does this. Right. That's this character's identity. Yeah. I can fight around this. I can. Exactly. I immediately exactly. kind of like Street Fighter V isn't the best game at telling you how to play it, but mm. you can kind of like intuit a lot of things just from the V system. Right. It's like, very, it's very legible. I can build a game plan around this right away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It helps you understand, like you say, not only your own character, but also any character that you might face. You can see what their V-trigger meter is at any time, so you know 
you know, you know how long you have until they do whatever their weird thing is. And then when they do it, you know how long they'll be able to do it for. Yeah. And you can kind of see how many times they can use a thing because a lot of ones, you know, they'll give you like, uh, like, for example, if you do Sakura's V-Trigger, she can do one where she gets powered up either fireballs or like uppercuts. And every time she uses it, it like drains a little bit. So you can be like, oh, okay. She can only use it like two or three more times. And so I have to kind of respect that until, until you know, they waste them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the V system is like, it's still a good, com- it still has that comeback factor and like the, some of the flashiness of like the ultras and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But, um, like it has, it has the same thing where the, the screen freezes and it goes, and like, you know, your character, like their hands will explode or something. And then some part of your character might be on fire or covered in electricity for right. the duration of your V-Trigger or stuff like that. But it also makes you kind of work for it a little bit. Yeah, not absolutely, like, absolutely. Not like um, that much more. <laughs> no, Because yeah. like you can kind of confirm into them and stuff like that. Like you could, yeah, you can do yeah. a hit and then do it a different hit and then activate it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's fighting games, and obviously. there's a technical there's a crap around that. Um, yeah, yeah. If you know what you're doing, you can get just as much damage and stuff like that. And people complain about that, but it kind of, it, like you said, it gives people much more of an identity and like a plan to mm. build around. Mm. Yeah, like it's it Absolutely. makes it more legible of when and how to use it. Yeah, and pretty it's, much. It's really it's really cool. Um, yeah, it definitely feels a lot more like the stuff we kind of expect from you know online games now with everything yeah. like becoming a destiny or things <laughs> like that yeah you know it's the same kind of thing like when you pick a class in destiny you have these three skills and you're like okay what do these skills yeah do? yeah i'm like okay i get it i know how to work with my team now and now it's like oh yes, i get it uh... i get i kind of know what range i should be at yeah yeah it's like um it's something that i think as we continue this series we're going to find hit on a lot more which is the the fact that you can like there are ways to reduce the complexity in a fighting game without making without you know dumbing it down you know yeah that, that doesn't mean that like the game is not uh explicitly worse or easier to play because you squirrel the complexity away in a different place or make it more legible to particular players like uh street fighter 5 is kind of unambiguously easier in some respects than street fighter 4 was there's lower execution requirements to do combos in certain situations and things like that but the people who play it at the highest level continuously report that it's harder to be continuously good at that street than street fighter 4 was for lots of exciting and different reasons but basically it means that anyone who tries to tell you that making fighting games easier uh, makes their competition worse is full of shit yeah and i think i think that's a thing you'll find that we keep coming back to because a lot of the complaints is like oh there's no such thing as fighting game accessible ability you can't make a game that casual players can enjoy and stuff like that without making it like an, an empty shallow game and I, it's not that's not true and i feel like to varying degrees street fighter 5 and like other games that have come out have really proved that yeah and i think they will continue to prove that yeah i don't i don't think that this is the best example of something that you can get just get into if you're like yeah do i start with fighting games but it's kind of like you can look at it and understand like why a bunch of people pick this one to start playing Mm. games with yeah i mean i i wouldn't say that i would recommend against this game for someone who is looking to learn fighting games because it's like 
it's not it's not like a smooth on ramp, I guess, to fighting games, but it it gives you a, a legible and I would say broadly speaking accessible look at the sort of uh, most, I, I guess, the platonic ideal of the contemporary fighting game is in Street Fighter V. Right? Yeah, somewhere in there. It's, and like, it feels good. It's a little slower paced than most of the stuff that's out there. Yeah, um, and I, I really, I can't overstate how good it like it feels. Like uh, the uh, the kinetics in this game, the way it like feels to hit someone is really good. Like just the sort of, it's like a, a real like there's a real hit behind you know your various kicks and punches and yeah. like there's this uh the system where when one of your heavier attacks counters your opponent's attack it hits them while they're you know trying to do an attack it'll make this crushing sound and give you a crush counter which gives you extra time to do whatever you like and it just the, the crunch that that makes is yeah. so satisfying it's... that it drove easily the first hundred hours of me playing this game yeah like if somebody's <laughs> just getting hit by it normally they're just like oh and their face flies back um, yeah, when you exactly. crush counter them, like electricity comes off your head. Yeah. They like spin around in the air, <laughs> flying yeah. away from your kick. And then the game's just like, all right, homie, it's time for you to do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. In, in the edit, we should definitely put the crush counter sound in here for anyone yeah. who hasn't heard it. <laughs> You know, it's like, all right, you did it. You you outplayed them. It's time for you to get your reward. And then most of the time yeah, what I exactly. do is I miss the follow-up because <laughs> I yep. wasn't expecting it to land. But you know what? That's it's a real fighting game because, mood, baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> the reward of hitting them with the big heavy attack is good enough. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, final thoughts on this game? I guess I would I would say that my closing thoughts on this game are sort of uh, the wider aesthetic thesis of Street Fighter and less sort of more broadly speaking I guess uh, fighting games as a whole but is exemplified in Street Fighter is uh, the idea of like this is a world where people only interact with one another by fighting right yes. like Ken and Ryu are best friends like they would die for each other and they express that by punching each other in they the face. They immediately start a fight every <clears throat> single time right. they see each other. Exactly. And it's fantastic. Like, that is the ideal that you embody when you play Street Fighter with your friends. However seriously you play it, you are fighting together for mutual enjoyment to, in at whatever level, get better at fighting. Yeah, and Street Fighter does that so well. And it feels uh, great. It's sparring. Right, exactly, exactly. No one, you know, even the people who die in Street Fighter don't die for very long. You know, they come back. <laughs> yeah, the stakes they... don't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's, it's, that's why it's so weird when, uh, so Charlie Nash, the, like, ex-military guy who was betrayed by his force <laughs> and gunned down by a helicopter, feels so out of place in this game. Because... It's so funny. He's, like, the most angry dark face his face is literally like half zombified yeah. and machine yeah exactly and he's just like he'll, so yeah. like push up my glasses say something very edgy yeah exactly <laughs> he feels so out of place in that game like he's cool but even the fucking the angry pillar man who eats people like it looks at that guy and he's like whoa man chill out <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? right he's got this really great like a uh, super animation where everything goes dark people your character looks around and he appears from the he darkness fucking, yeah. and cuts you in half he he literally nothing personnel kids you <laughs> <laughs> fucking teleports behind you and cuts you in half yeah. but yeah it's yeah it's 
it's uh like you said it's the platonic ideal of fighting right it's like yeah, when you... that's that's my closing thoughts on street fighter 5 is that street fighter is really good and street fighter 5 is a good street fighter game yeah i think that's a good i think that's a good takeaway yeah um... so and then i guess segment three another fight is coming your way So we got some questions. We got uh, an impressive amount of questions for yeah. Uh, what's so, basically uh, our first podcast that for a bunch of people that nobody knows about. Yeah. So uh, if if this if this segment has surprised you, each week we're get well each week each episode <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take questions on whether it's the game that we're talking about this episode or just fighting games current affairs or anything that you've ever wanted to know about fighting games in general as we've said we are we're we you know we're, we're 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 assuming no like super deep fighting games knowledge from anyone so if you want to know anything from what a given pro player feels about a given balance change to what a Shoryuken is, please ask. Yeah, and uh, on that note, please also expect nothing from us because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll probably not know half the answers. I promise yeah, no, I will I'm, make I'm one up that hell, sounds so. good. <laughs> <laughs> I will at least attempt to make up an answer. I do not <laughs> promise that they will be accurate or super smart commentator level analysis or anything no. like that. We promise we will deliver our answers confidently, <laughs> and that's all we got. Uh, the first question we got uh, from my friend M, who runs uh, Abnormal Mapping, a very good podcast network. They ask, yeah, shout outs to Abnormal Ma- yep. Mapping, friends of the show. Uh-huh. They ask, when will Virtual Fighter come back from the war? Never. Never. Second, <laughs> we'll never make another Virtual Fighter. And that sucks because fucking Virtual Fighter is cool as hell. I played some uh, Virtual Fighter Five the other day. That game's really, really good. Yeah, yeah they I think put you're it in more Yakuza. Likely... <laughs> you can play like, Virtual Fighter in Yakuza. You can go to their. I was going to say, game. like, you're more likely to see a brand new Virtual Fighter game inside of a Yakuza game than you are to see a standalone <laughs> new Virtual Fighter game. I think. Yeah. Oh man, Virtual Fighter fantastic 3d fighting series everybody should play it uh nobody can play it because it's not in any easily accessible form and they will well, never make how, another one. how can you play you can emulate a ps2 or ps3 did virtual Fighter 5 come out on the ps3 yeah it came out on ps3 and uh xbox yeah uh, the latest version you can get on the xbox 360 it's backwards compatible with xbox one and it's in the basic part of it is in um, Yakuza 6, I think? 6 or Kiwami, that's, Kiwami that's, 2. That's outside my wheelhouse. No, I, I, think, ain't, I ain't know about it. It's in one of them, yeah. It's one in the recent ones. Um, uh, 2 you can get on like everything. That was on PS3. That's also on Xbox 360 and backwards compatible. Uh I bet they put it on that Sega Genesis Mini or whatever they're coming out with. It's yeah, not the real Virtual Fighter 2. It's like some 2D version of it. Um, you can find that one. That one's easy. That's easy to emulate. Same with 1. 3 was that Dreamcast game that came out on like nothing else. Uh, so yes, Virtual Fighter, never going to happen again. Uh, you can play Virtual Fighter characters in Dead or Alive 5 for the PlayStation 4. Because they had a crossover. Yeah, I was going to say if you really like if you really like Virtual Fighter, you should try Dead or Alive Six, right? 
Yeah, but six doesn't like, have the virtual fighter characters in it. No, no, that is true. But like the the systems are like you know very similar. Right? Similar. Yeah. Uh, they're not as complex. They're a little bit more right, sure. the the like counters of the systems. Yeah, and like what beats what is like a lot more straightforward. We should do an episode on both like Virtual Fighter and De- Dead or Alive. Oh, uh, we absolutely cool. will. Hopefully, by that time, there's going to be another Virtual Fighter. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. you know, they made they made another 2D Sonic. Anything's possible. Where's the Virtual Fighter? <laughs> Where's the Virtual Fighter Mania team? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Yeah. So uh, the next question is from. Wait, do, do you know this person or do I know this uh, person? I do not remember. I think I got this over on oh this is from the abnormal Abnormal mapping discord Discord. yeah shout out to abnormal mapping again and all their listeners giving us good questions this is from jed yes from abnormal mapping discord um how did we get into fighting games and how would we improve the genre what's a thing that you wish there was a fighting game of this is a really good question i'll let let you go this is a two-parter so we already talked about how we got into fighters at the top of the episode um, yeah, yeah. I guess how, as far as like how to improve it, I just kind of want to see, and this has been happening to various degrees. I really like when one they make like games that throw out some of the inherent um, assumptions of fighting games. Like you have to have, um, you know, motions to do a move or whatever. So like in Street Fighter, you have to do down down forward to forward and then you push a button and it comes out with a different move there's a lot of games experimenting with look there's just a button press the button you shoot a fireball yeah right exactly like uh i i would agree with that and i guess to expand on it is like i think the thing that would improve fighting games the most is probably the thing that would improve video games the most which is to just have people challenging the established grammar of these games right yeah like not even just uh, you don't need to do a full motion to do specials, but like, what does the world look like in a game where we can make a fighting game that doesn't even necessarily think about these things as a given? Like, right. not l- less asking the question, what if you did a fireball in a weird way? And more the question, like, why do we even need to think about doing the fireball, I guess, is what I mean. Yeah. The, it's a nebulous uh, idea, but it's something that people are working on. Yeah, and once you, like, kind of get rid of those things, it creates, like, so many more interesting problems to solve. Right, exactly. And people are starting to do that and realizing, like, oh, this creates a problem where you can, like, use a really powerful move frequently or whatever. And so, you know, they make adjustments for stuff like that. And it comes up with, like, really interesting solutions. So I think some of that work has already kind of been being done. But Totally. totally. Yeah, like, I kind of wish there was a little bit more of that weird experimentation that you got when everybody was trying to rip off Street Fighter 2, but nobody knew what made yeah, that game yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Whereas now that formula is, like, solved, so we're seeing sort of, I guess, iterations on it rather than attempts to bottle that lightning again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would you what would you improve? I mean, I would say the same thing. But, okay, um, fair enough. What else? Uh, I was, I was guessed to sort of give a, an example of what you were saying. Like, um, uh, you know, you were saying that uh, if you don't have to do a motion to do a special move, that, like, um, you can do that special move, you know, uh, it's you can do it very quickly and it becomes oppressive, right? So yeah. naturally, the thing that you do to balance that or <clears throat> a solution that you can do to balance that 
is to implement like a cooldown system like you see in the MOBAs of the world. You know, you can't do this skill more frequently than a given amount of time. And then something that a Grand Blue Fantasy fighting game is doing and will continue to do when it comes out, I guess, is that um, uh, like your cooldowns are tied together in interesting ways. So if you um, if you like do this invincible reversal attack out of a knockdown or something, if you uh, like, there's this cooldown on it, so you can't do it more than like you know a certain amount. But also, what it means is that that game has uh, instead of having an ex meter like in Street Fighter, where you spend resources to make your specials better, they just take longer to cool down, which I think is a really interesting idea mm-hmm. because it means that mm-hmm. rather than realizing right, I'm going to have to build this resource again, you've got this resource that you can't get around. You just have to wait for this thing to be available to you again. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, you go, well, am I going to be able to survive this amount of time without it if I use it now? Right, exactly, exactly. Stuff like that. So, you know, there's ways to make it easier and, like, you know, introduce a new version of strategy and stuff to it. So that's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that's, like, a minor variation on the grammar of fighting games. So the bigger a variation, like, the more is open to you, the more design space is open to you. Absolutely. Um, what is the thing that you wish a fighting game existed of? So I have actually <laughs> I've given this answer to the, a similar question before, but uh, either I feel like it was last year, maybe the year before, um, Daisuke Ishiwatari, the, uh, the director for Guilty Gear at Arc System Works, yep. was interviewed and said because uh, Arc System Works, they're a contract developer, so they they like they made Dragon Ball Fighters and they're making the Grand Blue Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. So their thing, uh, as has been for a long time, is that they get contracts from people who want high quality games made. They make those games and they take the contract money and they use it to make Guilty Gear or whatever, they're whatever they like, right? Yeah. So Blaise he was asked. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So he was asked. Uh, now that Arc System Works is working with all of these super high-profile IPs, Dragon Ball, you know, super that like IP is fairly jealously guarded. Same with uh, and the Grand Blue Fantasy is this brand new like they, they like they they do features with other stuff, but they have not had like a game made for them yet. That's, yeah, that's going to be Arc System Works and Platinum Games. I think are making one as well. Uh, but they're, asked, they're not on it anymore. Oh yeah, the, sorry, they're not on it anymore. They got taken off. I forgot about that. Yeah, we're, we're going. But. Um, yeah, so Ijiwatari was asked, now that all these people are asking you what games you want to make, what is the intellectual property you most want to make a game with? And he said Ruby. <laughs> and holy shit. Holy fucking shit. I want Dark System Works to make me the Guilty Gear of Ruby so goddamn bad. They already started. The, 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 I think this was this is the thing. I think this was after Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle came out. So oh, like, he, he, want, he wants to make the Xerd. Yeah, I think he wants to make. I think he wants to make a Guilty Gear, but with Ruby characters, and the world needs that. I need that, like I need oxygen. Holy shit! <laughs> there was that, also that fake rumor that Arc System Works was going to make a fucking Godzilla fighting game. That, mm, that, Can you imagine? Didn't mm, didn't that get announced? The Godzilla no, fighting game. I, I I'm going to Google that now. I don't believe that's real. I'm going to Google that now. I think it was uh, fake. Like so one of those I, fake E3 rumors. Uh oh. So yeah, there is a, there is a uh, there is a Dawn of the Monsters uh, cell shaded brawler, but it looks like Arc System Works and not attached. So yeah, I can I can see how that that rumor came out. Oh, okay. Um, 
the thing that I would want, fuck, I don't know, like a Mega Man fighting game. Hell yeah, that would own. Like with the fucking Battle Network character designs. Wow, that would be great. I would probably do like Classic and X, maybe. I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. could really oh, take everything. There's in like various degrees of crossover stuff. Um, there's like the Mega Man arcade game that got like a versus mode. <laughs> What, that game PS2, is so good. In the it PS2 has like port. real third strike parries in it. Yeah, you, you can, <laughs> yes, you can third strike parry in it. It's so weird. Um, there's been like Mega Man Zero showed up in one of the Capcom SNK crossover games. Yep, he sure did. Um, I think he also showed up in like Onimusha, the Onimusha Smash Brothers ripoff. Oh right, I didn't know that. Um, That's cool. weird stuff like that. But I want just like a Marvel versus Capcom just mavericks and robot masters yeah that would and be pretty could, cool like, like all the different generations of yeah mega all the man generations each mega man generations cool. hell yeah i was gonna say do you not want do you not want like uh the universe to have another go at sonic the fighters that seems like God. <laughs> that seems like something you would want yeah they're never gonna do that they'll never make another <laughs> sonic r they'll never make another sonic the fighters because i'm the only person who wants it <laughs> I need oh, to see dear. a high-def version of somebody grabbing SBO's tongue and cartoonishly <laughs> smacking it back into his face. The world does need that. I agree with you. Let's, uh, let's move forward into a better <laughs> yeah. world where there is a Ruby Arc System Works fighting game and uh, Sonic the Fighters 2. And let's move into <laughs> that. In that world, let's ask, ask the next question from Rezzy, which is from Twitter. Which is, what are the important things to know when you're trying to learn how to play a fighting game at, or... How to learn? Yeah, yeah. How to learn to play a new fighting game? So, like, this is a huge question, <laughs> and there are literally hundreds of podcasts on this topic already, um, and YouTube tutorials and rating yeah, tutorials. Yep. There's no yep. like central location to find this stuff, which is a big problem nope. about like the kind of like uh, grassroots nature of fighting game communities. But yeah. there's resources for like every specific one. Um, I think I would say that this question has two answers. So the things that you need to know when you're trying to learn how to play a fighting game. So the first answer is, I guess, the thesis of this podcast that we outlined at the beginning, which is that uh, the answer is nothing. You don't need anything. You just need to play a fighting game. You know, you just need to have some friends, have you know, have a kick about and enjoy yourselves uh, playing and fighting together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need to then, enjoy. You need to enjoy the game first before you can enjoy anything else past it, right? Right, exactly. You're not going to get then, good at a sport that you don't enjoy playing. Exactly, exactly. Because you wouldn't want to, right? Right. But then the second answer to this question... So if you're one of the people listening at home and you think the first answer uh, was bullshit and that I'm <laughs> stringing you along, then you get the second answer, which is that the thing that you need to know when you're learning to play a fighting game to compete, to to better yourself and, you know, like you were saying before, as a hobby, the thing that you need to know when you're trying to learn how to play a fighting game is that it will take you 1,000 hours. <laughs> it will take just a biblical amount of time. Yeah. There, but you don't need to some, worry about that. So there's some I... bullshit people will tell you, like, oh, you can learn anything in, like, 25 hours. And, like, they're full of it. No, like, not only not only will it take you, like, on the order of hundreds of hours, but you need to want to do it for that long. So I guess that's the, the, the way in which the answer, the first and the second answer are the same. What you really need is to really want to do it. 
Yeah, you want you need to be able to enjoy it enough that you're like, I enjoy this. I want to enjoy this in a different way. I want to enjoy yeah, this exactly. more. I want to understand this more. Right? Exactly. So if you want to, if you want to do it, you just need to want to do it. And if you want to really do it, you need to really want to do it. And that's basically it. Yeah. The the other boring answer is uh, learn to play neutral. <laughs> yeah. Which is learn like, to oh, you got you go. to hit the people out of the air. You got to learn what button to push when you're at this range. You got to do this and this and this. And there's a million people who can tell you how to do that. Um, you, yeah, you need to learn, you learn to enjoy the thing. And then if you enjoy it, you can keep playing and get better. And exactly. You'll exactly. find you'll find the resources. Um, so yeah, next question is from Program Nine, which is uh, how would fighting games be different without combos? Oh yeah, this is a big one, and this is also a big reason why people don't fucking play fighting games. Yeah, I I, I love I love me a good combo. <clears throat> yeah, but it's also like you just see fighting games as like one minute video those one minute videos on twitter you're like okay right, that shit looks exactly, impossible yeah. why would i ever play this game if i'm gonna go online and get comboed for a minute and lose my entire health bar um yep. no matter how practical those combos and stuff actually are like that's the thing that people see right right exactly you're like oh fighting games are about combos i just need to learn combos i'm not gonna learn combos so one of the uh sub sub clauses to this question that i i remembered and went back to to check on is uh so it's uh, specifically cancelling moves into one another. And this is an interesting uh, thing I wanted to pick up on mm -hmm. because uh, in Street Fighter 2, there was no way to cancel... Or was it maybe... Street Fighter 1. It was, it was either added between Street Fighter 1 and 2 or between 2 and Championship Edition. But like the point was that... Uh, like the way that you play fighting games now, which is that you do a, a button like a punch, mm -hmm. and then you cancel the recovery frames of that punch into a special move like a fireball or a shoryuken, where you you know uppercut into the air. Uh, that was not specifically intended by the developers of the game. It yeah. was something that they added as a an uh, it was a feature of an input shortcut that they added to uh, make special moves easier to do. Mm -hmm. And they found in playtesting that this meant that you could do a special input immediately after doing a normal attack. Yep. And rather than quote unquote fix it, they just <coughs> let it rock. And that's one of the like that's one of the reasons that we emphasized fighting game grammar right there is that like a huge part of every single fighting game you will ever play was added by complete accident to Street Fighter 2. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and they and now it's formalized, you know. Now they like yeah. You can tell if something's a true combo or whatever. Uh, that's mm -hmm. like, you know, you that you couldn't possibly block it because yep. you were stuck in the hit stun animation. Mm -hmm. Um because it's been formalized and it'll tell you it'll like make a little counter go up and say like this is how many hits that it did or whatever. And so yeah. Yeah, um but yeah, how would fighting games be different without that? Since like that's such a big thing about what fighting games revolve around. You know, you get the hit, you do yeah. a bunch of moves, you do a special, and then sometimes you do a super. Yeah, you make so one I hit mean, into twenty. Yeah, it's like um, it's an interesting one, right? Because uh, things right now, like moves, are balanced such that the moves that do more damage, they're very slow. Because, you know, like, uh, so like, for example, your heavy punch, right? That will only be done, uh, like, you could like throw it out a bit when your opponent is like, you know, uh, only a minor disadvantage as a kind of gamble, I guess. Mm -hmm. But there are some moves like, you know, 
big special moves that have such heavy startups that you would only ever do them cancelling into them from a button that you've hit already. Mm-hmm. So, like, would those just, I, I don't know, would those just not exist? That would be, you know, this is like a very interesting alternate universe. And I yeah. guess um, an example that you've written down here is uh, Early Samurai Showdown. That's an interesting example because that, that's a game where... There, yeah, know, the, there's, uh, there's combos, yeah. but they're barely relevant. They're, yeah, they're like they're relevant in unusual ways for fighting games. Um, the the emphasis is very much on getting a single big, very slow hit that will do like half or more of your opponent's life. Yeah, and the the new game in the series, you know, follows that through line, so you can yeah, kind totally. of get an idea of like, because you can do like I don't know, like six hits max or something. Well, you'll do you'll do things that do like uh, yeah, like, like four th- hits. 30, 30 plus hits, but you will have only pressed one button. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be like a super move. Yeah, exactly. Like actual combos, like you're like hitting the four buttons or something. Yeah, it really is just like you want to be in a range and you want to hit a really heavy hit, and then oh boy, that's a quarter of their health bar because you happen yeah. to be in the right pre- place. And you bet that they would not be able to stop you. Exactly. And so you if you right. want to see if you want to see the world without combos in fighting games, I would suggest you play the new Samurai Showdown, uh, Samurai Showdown Five Special in particular. Uh, have a look for high level play of Samurai Showdown Five Special because uh, that game has situations where once everyone had learned how the game worked, like because that game is very old now, like fifteen years old maybe. Mm-hmm. So people have played that game a lot. And there is footage of Japanese players playing it in arcades, and uh, they're sat there, not doing anything, not like sat <laughs> like blocking, like just standing still, because whatever, like for every single thing that their character does, their opponent has a one hundred percent life whiff punish for it. So if they do anything, <laughs> and their opponent like gets the right read on it or the right reaction to it, they'll die. So they just stand there for like 60 seconds. And one of them, like, there's this one particular uh, video where I, I can't remember what it is, but one of them is like eating packet ramen while playing <laughs> because they're, they're not doing anything. And then right at the end, one of them will go for like a little attack. And if it whiffs, whatever, they just like, they, they draw and move on with their lives. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, they, there are in like that vein. There was a uh, what was the tournament for like Galaxy Fight or something uh, they had which was like really funny like Galaxy Fight like exhibition match where they had like no health and people would just be running away because the stages were infinite yeah, and like one yeah. hit would kill you. Um, yeah. There's weird stuff like that in a Samurai Showdown, but there's also games that kind of like follow the philosophy of like Bushido Blade, where if you get hit, you die. I was gonna say yeah, Bushido Blade is a it like has very very minor like again almost no combos and yeah if you get hit you got hit with a sword so you die <laughs> or your legs give out beneath you and you have to crawl yeah, exactly. around and defend yourself. Yeah. Um, along that style, um, excuse me, <coughs> uh, two like random indie games that I can think of that kind of try to follow the Bushido Blade formula is um Clash Battle Arena, which is the most generic name, not a great one. Yeah. And One Strike, which is a slightly better one, uh, more descriptive, doesn't look as good as Clash. Um, they're basically like One Strike is specifically you die in one hit, and all the characters right. are based that, that around sense, like given the name. different um, ranges and stuff like that. And there's like light and heavy hits uh, hmm. and stuff like that for with like heavy ones reaching more. 
that's about finding the right position and using the right attack to get that one strike. And then Clash is kind of more the traditional fighting game. Mind games boiled down to like a much slower pace. You got yeah. like three hits. There's not any combos. It's just like you got a light attack, a heavy attack, and like a grab that you can do. I think there's a dodge, a parry. There's a grab you can do to like throw people off where you can try to ring them out with if you get really close. And it's like just... Yeah, yeah. It is fighting games, you trying to find hits and balancing, oh, should, should I use a light one here? Should I use the heavy one for this longer range to and try to beat out, you know... Uh, their attempt at a grab or should I wait for them and react to them with a parry? Yeah. Like there's become, there's been some interesting work in the indie space um, yeah. in so those guess, kind of uh, games. So, yeah. you know, those things do exist. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the, the evidence that we have suggests that like focus would tunnel in on the single hit. If you can't create additional hits from your single hit, then it stands to reason that you would just get more focused on the one hit itself yeah winning the you know the sparring match the the movement and how you control space and stuff Mm. um and then the other direction which is like where fighting games were kind of going before street fighter kind of like decided the whole genre yeah is um you kind of can see it in stuff like karate champ or the Mm. i think there's like a pc ripoff called like international karate (laughs) Um, or the Super Nintendo game Taekwondo by Human Entertainment, where it's very much almost simulation-ish. Right, um, right. Oh, there's like a there's like an arcade fencing game by uh, Taito that's kind of like this too. Oh, okay. Where it's very much like you hold different directions um, on the joystick, uh, and when you push a button, depending on what different directions you've been holding, it does different moves. And the point is to kind of like get the point. It's very much like a simulation of competitive, like karate and stuff where, you know, if you land a throw uh, or a knockdown in a specific way, you'll get points or um, you'll get, you know, if you hit somebody, kick somebody in the head, you'll get um, points and stuff like that. Yeah. There, so, the, like, those games exist. Um, yeah. I'm sure. sure there's, like, a... What's the Japanese sword uh, play? Kendo. Like, oh, I'm right. sure there's, yeah. like, Kendo um, games and stuff. Like, Kendo games, fencing games, uh, the karate Fucking and taekwondo Wii Sports, games. Wii Sports Resort Kendo. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fighting you know, game. those are... Yeah, those are fighting games, right? Have it, have it for um, Evo next year. Like, though, you can kind of see, like, alternate histories for fighting games in that. Um, I think Taekwondo specifically I want to shout out because it is very much in the vein of, like, international karate. And, like, a really cool thing about the game is you play most of the game with the point system. Right. You know, and you go through the entire tournament, and when you get to the final fight, um, a dude just comes in. I think he, like, beats up the ref. And he's like, no, motherfucker, no, motherfucker, we're fighting for real. And it nice. just switches to a health bar. Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Video games are good, maybe. Human entertainment. They did some cool shit. Now uh, cool. they put out Fire Pro, I guess. That's what they do. Or at least, no, I don't think they're around anymore. But they used to do yeah. Fire Pro. Fair enough. 
Um, this is from Twitter. This next question from Sahil. Do you think fighters will ever approach the sort of player base that competitive MOBAs and shooters have had? Do you think that they're held back by their pricing models or difficulty? Or does the one-on-one -on -one nature make them inherently less appealing for people to get into? So this is a lot of questions and uh, they're, yeah, all, they're all good questions. They're all very good questions. So we'll break them down. So the first question, do you think fighters will ever approach the sorts of player base that competitive MOBAs and shooters have had in the past few years? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, definitely because not. Never. Those, But that's because those video games have wildly unsustainable player demographics. Like you can see the businesses that make them like clawing and fighting over those uh, huge player bases constantly, right? Yeah, they have no idea how to keep people around. Right, exactly. And they're, 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 like this is, you know, this, this, this thing that we're seeing right now where like some people make an auto chess thing, it catches on and it catches on so hard that everyone has made one within like a month. Like you would probably never see that with fighting games. Like, yeah, nobody's going to just go out and make like six samurai showdowns now because yeah. you can't, it's impossible. Yeah. It's like, it's, uh, I don't know, actually, I guess <laughs> the, the thing is that I, I'm not sure whether the chicken or the egg comes first, but like the, the impression I get is that fighting games are like, they, the, they have to be so precisely made that I can't imagine one being made super quickly. Like they tried to make street fighter five quickly and ended <clears> up <throat> releasing like, you know, barely finished and stuff because they spent all their time working on the actual game. Uh, then the bits around the game were kind of undercooked, right? Yeah, and so people I are don't saying know Samurai what... Showdown is even like that. Right, exactly. Really like, you know, it's more finished than Street Fighter V was when it came out. Yeah, but it still exactly. felt like everyone's like, ah, everything that's not the fighting feels like they just put it out. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird because, like, I just, I like, uh, those those games as well, like MOBAs and shooters, they sort of, well, MOBAs in particular, right, they survive on, uh, they survive on the fact that they, uh, like, they, like, I guess, like Street Fighter, they change massively often, right? Like, League of Legends in particular changes all the time, and yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't know, I guess I can't see why... I wonder what fundamental things, like, I, I mean, there's that niche appeal as well, right? Like, yeah. If all your friends are playing Street Fighter and you go, oh, uh, like, unlike with Dota, where you can sort of go into a game and have fun with a bunch of people in Street Fighter, if you go into a game, like, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty frustrating <laughs> to yeah, just, like, I mean, get in there it's and also get just beaten like, to death. Skills, like, rarely transfer over between, like, games in the fighting game genre. You reckon? I mm, I mean, there's I like, like basic skills that. that always translate. And like, once you get like a certain amount of knowledge, you can kind of adapt to all of them. But like, yeah. if you only played Street Fighter your whole life and you pick up Dragon Ball Fighters, you'll have no idea what you were doing. Like, you're not going to learn that that's game in fair. five minutes. That's fair. That's if fair. I play a shooter and I play another right. shooter, yeah, I know yeah, how to shoot a gun in five true. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand I, yeah. how yeah. do I shoot a different gun in that's like the next fair. minute. And sort of same thing with MOBA. I think MOBAs are a little more complex because of like, you know, classes and like positions and all this other crap you have to worry about. 
Great, um, but that's like if you've like, played I'm a bunch a of click. if you've played a bunch of League of Legends, uh, that's all just information that someone can just give you. Like if uh, if you've if you played a bunch of League of Legends, you have experience like microing a character around using skills with high precision and things like that. If someone mm. just tells you which skills to use when with high precision, which characters to pick, which builds to get, you'll just accept that information because you are used to it, right? Yeah. Whereas I think you're probably right that with fighting games there is. I don't think it's necessarily like the skills don't transfer, but there is some, uh, there's information, I guess, loading time as you uh, acclimatize to new characters, new system mechanics, you know, new entire ways of fighting. Like, I think Dragon Ball Fighters is maybe a kind of slightly unfair example because that game is so different to Street Fighter, whereas something more like, I don't know, Undernight or Guilty Gear, maybe you would find your sort of skills translating a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it's it's just. It takes a long time to, like you said, load in mm. and understand. Um, and just shooters and uh, shooters more in particular just have like an easy, immediate appeal. Yeah, and everybody yeah. knows how to play them. Yeah. Um, it's like introducing a new sport to people, right? Right. Exactly. I think this, I think sports comparisons are useful. Like you can't play. Uh, if nobody knows the rules of basketball, you can't pick it, play a pickup game of basketball. Yeah. Just like that. It kind of needs to have that level of cultural saturation before that happens. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like, that's every, fair. like everybody knows how to play football, right? Right. I think uh I think considering like yeah, I think uh considering like, you know, games like this as as though they were, you know, sports like that but without the level of cultural penetration of say basketball or football, like that 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 yeah. that's fair. I get that. Yeah. And there's also stuff like I think another thing that's weird about like video games, um, but specifically like fighting games and stuff, is like when you think of them as sports, there's no like um, street ball version of most of these. Right. There's exactly. no like version like you can play football and just like set up two cans and that's the goal and you can try to kick the ball through it, right? Yeah, and we're still we still live in a place where regardless of what your electronic entertainment is, you're still having it in someone's walled garden, right? Like right, yeah. However popular Overwatch becomes as a sport, you'll always have to play it at Blizzard's convenience. Things like mm-hmm. that. So you can't like really like essentialize it in the same way. Yeah, right. Totally. Whereas like I guess MOBAs and shooters are a little bit easier to do like casual stuff like that around. It is an it's an interesting comparison though, because the MOBA is almost hilariously complex, but people yeah. just dove right into it. Yeah, they so don't I care. Think, uh, they, if somebody says you want to play a MOBA with us, like there's probably like three people that you can pick up to do that, which is weird. Yeah, exactly. It's it's an interesting thing, and it's something that if they're smart, you know, fighting games developers will be thinking about a lot. I'm sure it's something that the Rising Thunder studio will be thinking about a lot after after they've been bought by Riot, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, we're waiting. We're waiting, man. <laughs> I'm waiting so, for y'all to do something. <laughs> There's been like six games taking your place since then. The uh, the Rising Thunder episode is coming, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, so next sub question: Do you think they're held back by pricing models or difficulty? Yes, uh, particularly yeah. because, as we've tried to address on this <laughs> podcast, is that like when you ask people about fighting games who play fighting games, usually they say the kind of thing that I said at the end, which is that. You know, they take ages and ages to learn to play. But the reality is the best way to get into fighting games is to like fighting games. And the best way to like fighting games well, is you just you, you like fighting games. And you can just buy and play them and have a good time. But uh, video games are fucking expensive. Like, you know, 
do you want to drop uh do you want to drop fucking 60 dollars on a, a 1v1 experience that you can only play with your friends who are only around some of the time other unless and then they maybe, also buy and then play. maybe you don't even have the character that you want because it's in the right season exactly pass. it's a risk it's a risky proposition <clears throat> yeah. and that's awkward because fighting games are very expensive to make yeah <laughs> like intensely so there's a reason like, why like only killer instinct even tried yeah exactly like uh you know they tried to rush out a budget but capcom tried to rush out a budget fighting game with uh, marvel vs capcom infinite and that game got destroyed which is a shame because it's a fantastic game to play but uh it looks like garbage and people won't play it because it looks like garbage yeah and like killer instinct and stuff can only do that because they have fucking microsoft money yeah exactly exactly they're funded by the platform that they're being put on and like even sony didn't put out enough money to make that like a thing street fighter could do so yeah absolutely definitely i think we kind of already talked about the difficulty part yeah and uh the last question does the one-on-one nature of them make inherently less make them inherently less appealing for people to get into yes i've written about this before uh, at least in a tweet maybe something else i can't remember but uh fighting games uh they do not prepare like video games as a hobby as a, as a medium do not prepare you for the kinds of symmetrical combat that you have in fighting games because every single player game that you have ever played and to an increasing extent every multiplayer game that you have ever played uh it creates like situations like confrontations between you and the game or you and other players that are asymmetrical and you are mm-hmm. taught to seek out like to 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 break that uh symmetry between you and whatever your opponent happens to be more and more and more often whereas in fighting games perfect symmetry you both have the same selection of characters to pick the characters are you know roughly speaking balanced against one another like the better player will win quite a lot of the time, and that is like unusual contemporarily, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it really like shows you all your faults too when you right, don't have exactly. like teammates to lean on or anything like that. Exactly, and that can be a super tough pill to swallow if you're particularly if you're playing online a lot. Like it can be really demoralizing. But uh... yeah, and you will just the the fact is that you're just going to continue to lose if you're yeah. playing anybody better than you, which is going to be most people when you start a game, right? Right, exactly. Like, you know, you start a brand new game, other people are better than you. That's and It'd then, be like that. Yeah, and then you just kind of have to, like, realize, like, oh, I'm just going to be losing for 30 hours before I get a win or something. Yeah. Uh, not Usually not that bad, because yeah. if, if the matchmaking is good. <laughs> but, like, the, the, I guess the kind of thing that, uh, with fighting games, you have to sort of actively internalize that you should be playing to learn how to play better rather than playing to get wins because Mm -hmm. you need to do the first one for way longer before you can even think about doing the second you need to lose and you need to figure out why did i lose and there's like so many options that you could be doing at any um possible moment right exactly that it's hard to figure out what you're gonna do where like if you play a shooting game it's like okay maybe next time i should go with my teammate yeah exactly or maybe next time I don't run around the corner so fast or, you know, I pull my gun out first, you know, um, the interactions, I wouldn't say they're like way simpler or whatever, but it's like, it's, uh, it's not that they're simpler. It's that in like in the, in the chaos of a first person shooter or even a battle Royale game, like a Mm -hmm. lot of, uh, a lot of like player actions or game events are like lost, I guess. Like those games are, chaotic and what that means is that they're like necessarily loose and that's not a criticism that's just a feature of those games 
but fighting games are so tight. Everything that happens matters directly to both you and your one opponent, right? Yeah. Whereas you make a mistake, there you go. Well, yeah. they're going to show you how much of a mistake you made. If halfway across the fucking 50-mile map, someone throws a grenade and, you know, it explodes and does 30 damage to someone in another room, that event does not fucking matter to you. There is no way, none of that happens in fighting games. Because even if you do something that doesn't matter to your opponent, that you spent the time doing it will matter, right? Yeah, right. That kind of so, thing. Yeah, and then just like the one, the one-on-one nature. Yes, it does make it less inherently appealing because it reveals you, right? Right, exactly. It's, but it's, it's uh, that uh, it's more that revealing. Vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. It's more vulnerable, and that vulnerability allows the kinds of communication that fighting games uniquely. Provide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah on that bombshell if you want to have your questions answered by us next time and you want to ask about uh, the game that we're talking about next time then i guess well send your questions to us on either twitter or discord or whatever uh, but next time our game will be sailor moon s right yeah so yeah. on the next episode in the name of the moon will with punish you <laughs> and if you want to find out what that sentence means tune in next time so All right, Curly, uh, where can we find you before we sign off yeah you can find me online at uh, twitter.com slash curl underscore e underscore brace uh, I, I do bad tweets there I also <laughs> at some point will publish a YouTube video. I, I know, right? It'll happen. It's been about six months, maybe more since... No, it's way more, actually. Point is, it's in the t- it's in the pipeline. And until then, you can read my tweets. And you can find a link to my YouTube channel on my Twitter. What about you, Armour? Where can people find you on the, the World Wide Web? Oh, you can find me mostly on Twitter, at cigarettes. That's S-I-E-G-A-R-E-T-T-E-S on twitter on tumblr on mastodon on youtube i think you gotta put slash c slash cigarettes and you'll find youtube there which um interesting fact uh over there you can also find a bunch of videos of me and curly playing some fighting games you sure can we did we did a bunch of that we did a whole bunch of uh what we call hey what's this videos on some fighting games that you might yeah. find interesting if you want to find the next thing that you might want to play uh yeah. maybe there's some upcoming games in there uh, who knows i guess who you'll knows? have to see yeah um but yeah that's those are the main ones there's probably some more i forgot that i have because i put like an account on like every social service that exists <laughs> <laughs> gotta build those brands baby uh-huh but yeah until next time you better go fight some more